Well, hello again. Uh, I am thankful to be here. Uh, last Sunday, I was thinking of all of you as I was lying on the floor with a thrown out back and thinking, wow, you never know how important your back is until you can't use it. And uh, realize just how useful that is and thankful to have some healing. I'm still a little crooked. And so if it looks like I'm crooked, it's not you. It actually is me. Uh, the stage isn't leaning. I am. And so I have this chair here. I may be sitting in that. We might do a little coffee style coffee house. Uh, but we're going to see how, how long the back holds up. Uh, but I'm really glad to be here and glad all of you guys are here too. Uh, this morning, we're wrapping up the series called Following uh, that Randy's been speaking on the last few weeks. And he's been looking in the scriptures and pulling out what does it mean to follow Jesus. Uh, a Christian is somebody who follows Jesus Christ, and many people have a different idea of what a Christian is or even what following Jesus is. And so we've looked in the description and decided to pull out what, what are the, the parts of following him? What, what does that mean? What does that look like? What, are the, what does the Bible say about that? And what did Jesus himself say about what it means to, to follow him? And we're wrapping up today with the idea of following in faith and to keep following in faith. And we're going to talk about faith as kind of this core essential ingredient to what it means to walk with Jesus Christ, to get to know Him, and to do life His way. Uh, if you're like me, faith is one of those topics that, or buzzword that you hear all the time. Uh, if you watch the Super Bowl, and they say, how, you know, how did you guys do it? How did you win? And like, we, we just had faith. You're thinking, that's amazing, because you guys won. And then the losers, what happened? We had faith, but I, I don't know. And so you see two people have faith, one wins and one loses. You ever thought, just, what's up with that? And you have, you know, lots of songs about faith. George Michael, anyone? I won't sing it, but there's lots of, you know, you got to have faith. The faith, the faith. Not just one, but three times. And it's just a word that we use in sports, it's in music, uh, but faith is actually uh, something that you find again and again in the Bible. And it's something that Jesus himself, as he was teaching, uh, he would talk about faith and he would talk about the importance of believing. And for a lot of us, that, that's come to just mean so many different things. Uh, and what I want to do today is kind of look at well, what, did, what did Jesus really mean when he talked about belief? And what did he really mean when he talked about having faith in God? And how does that help us to get to know God? How does that help us to actually continue in our relationship uh, with him. And so uh, faith, the definition that we're talking about today, is really this idea of you trust God with, with your life and with your future. There's an old uh, story about this tightrope walker, and uh, he had this huge crowd of people, and he says, you know, how many of you think that I can walk across this tightrope? And the crowd was all fired up. And, yeah, you can do it. And how many of you think I can walk across this tightrope with a wheelbarrow? People are like, oh, that's amazing. But yeah, you can do it. And then he asks, okay, who in the crowd is willing to get in the wheelbarrow as I walk the tightrope? And you know that there was no cheering anymore. There was no hands that went up. But that's kind of this idea of faith. As you follow Jesus, you realize that your life and your future is dependent on Him. Not that you don't have choices anymore, 
Not that your choices don't affect what happens in your life, but it's really this idea of you, you begin to live for Him and His purposes, and you're dependent on Him for the success that you'll have in life. You're dependent on Him for the decisions that you make, for why you do what you do, and you want to seek Him out. And that's really the, this core idea of what faith is. It's not just belief that there is a God, but it's, it's this idea that I'm going to depend on Him for my life and for my future. And that's how Jesus called people to himself. It's by faith, not by work, something that we can't earn. And faith is also the thing that we keep following him. Faith is something that, that we have to choose each day after we've decided to follow Jesus and make him the boss of our life. So it's something that you see in the beginning, and it's something that you continue in again and again. The problem with faith, it, it does have this idea of trust and belief. And we, we're a society where if we can't see it, it's really hard for us to believe it, right? Are you one of those people? I know I am. Well, I'll have to believe it to see it. How many times have you said that? You hear something, you're like, that can't be true, unless I see it with my own eyes. And we have tools these days. It's like we have a problem that we're up against, and we want the tool that, that will solve the problem. Uh, for me recently, I got this seven-in-one garden tool. And I realize I'm a sucker for anything that gives a combo of uses, I'll buy it. And I have an Amazon account, which is very risky. Because all of a sudden, you just one click, this stuff shows up on your front door. And I got this seven-in-one uh, garden tool. And what I realized is, as I read the seven things that it did, it was like I didn't even understand what that meant. And it had like a holster. So men, right? If anything has a holster, you're going to buy it. And for me, I have one use, and it's like to dig weeds out. I, I don't know what other things are. There's like an edge of this thing where you can cut, you know, like packages of seed. And then there's another little hook where you can cut twine. And I'm not doing that. I'm digging in the dirt. I could have used any trowel at the 99 cent store. But it wasn't a seven-in-one garden tool with a holster. What you find is like with, you know, weeding and gardening and different things around the house, you can buy tools to solve problems. And the internet is like a beautiful thing. You ever thought, just what did people do without the internet? It's like, well, they actually got out of the house. Maybe had to go to a neighbor. Remember those people? They lived next door to you. Or they went to the store and actually like talked with real people and used like cash. What is that? I mean, we live in this thing where it's like, we hardly see things anymore. Money, I, it's on a plastic thing, right? And people, they're like in a chat that helps you with customer service. But you see, these tools that we've created, these things that we can see and we can have kind of a, a handle on, they don't really help us with the big obstacles of life. Like in marriage, I can't go on Amazon and look for what's the seven-in-one marriage builder. Like, is there a tool for that? The scary thing is there probably is, which defeats this whole point. But I'm pretty sure it doesn't work. Because with the big obstacles that you face in marriage, that you face with your raising of your kids, that you face with like problems at work, there's not these tools that you can really see and get your hands on that, that solve it. There's something bigger. There's understanding that you need. There's skills that you need. There's help that you need. And this is the same with faith. It's something that you can't buy. You can't visually see. But it's a dependency on the God who can give you exactly what you need to overcome the very obstacles that you need help with. That's what it means to start in faith 
and to continue in faith. And Jesus himself always kept going to this point where he talked with his disciples, those close to him, and even the crowds that gathered, and he talked about the importance of belief. And we're going to look at this passage today where he kind of comes to the core of the importance of faith, tying in our relationship with him. And so I want to give you a little bit of the backstory, and then we'll dig into the passage that you can see there on your listening outline. Jesus was spending some time with his disciples, like he did. He was going to go somewhere, and he wanted them to come with him. That's how he, he taught them. That's really effective. As he's going, he had people go with him, and he would talk about life, and he would give them things that they could chew on. And there's a lot of things they didn't understand, and times like, well, what do you mean by that? And there was lots of just misunderstandings, but he kept just wanting to give them ideas to chew on, to think about. And then he would kind of pull back a little bit more and pull back a little bit more, and then they would see, oh, that's what you meant from this. And so I want to give you a little backstory of this time when he did this. So he, they're walking out of the city of, of Bethany, and in that day, you, you didn't jump in a car. You, you walked for miles and miles, and it took days and days to get to a destination. And so they're hungry, and they're tired, and they see this fig tree in a distance. And they're seeing, okay, this is where we're going to get our, our dinner for the night. This fig tree is going to supply us with the food that we need to keep on going. And they get up to this fig tree, and it looks healthy, but there are no figs growing on this tree at all. And then Jesus says something that's very interesting. He casually says to the fig tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And he keeps going. Now, does like Jesus really like figs? Like, was he that upset? Have you ever thought about that? There's times like scripture, you're like, wow, Jesus, I mean, you were looking for food. And I mean, I know it didn't have figs, but may no one ever eat from you again. Maybe Jesus was a big fig eater. And so you're, you know, you read that and you're thinking, okay, this is interesting. Why? That was kind of an intense move. He cursed the fig tree. You imagine the disciples like, okay, I'll remember that. If I say I'm going to bring lunch tomorrow, bring the lunch. If I'm bringing the water for the snack a few days from now, bring the water. Okay, he's, something's going on here. Well, what Jesus is doing is a lot of times he uses nature in these things to kind of teach. And this is what he's doing. And so we're going to dig in to a couple days later when they come by this fig tree again. This is Mark 11, verse 20 through 24. It says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. So a couple days ago, Jesus cursed this fig tree. They come back and they see this thing that has no leaves. It has no branches. It's literally just this like stub coming out of the ground. This amazing thing that Jesus said it and it, and it happened. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Now, we read stuff like that, and it's like, wow, that's awesome. But could you imagine this person that you've been getting to know and seeing do things? And you think, this is crazy. Even nature responds to him. He says, you know, you're cursed. You're never going to bear fruit again. And then you come, and it's, it's dead. Now, I've been known to kill plants myself, but I'm actually trying to grow them. I can't do it on purpose. Jesus is really the only person that he can speak to the plant and it does what he says. He's showing his power. He's showing the power of what he says, even in nature. So Peter says, Rabbi, look, the picture that you curse, it's withered away. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Okay, so all of a sudden it went from cursing this fig tree a couple days ago 
to now it being whittled down to its root. Then Jesus takes it to this another, another level of, of deepness. If I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, okay, wait a second. I mean, I just thought it was cool that you messed this, this plant up. Have faith in God. Where, where's this coming from? And he, and he takes it further. Have, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So you read just these few verses and all of a sudden Jesus shows the importance of faith, the importance of belief. And he brings back this layer of this is what faith is. And the disciples must have been thinking, wow, if Jesus says this to the fig tree, imagine what else he could do. Imagine the power that he has. Whatever he says comes to pass. And if I'm there, I'm thinking, wow, if I follow him and he wants me to do what he does, imagine the power he gives to me. As I rely on him, imagine the power that I now have because of my access to Jesus himself. And so you begin to see this object lesson that started with fig tree. Jesus said something, it came to pass. He displayed this great power. In today's age, we're not easily impressed because we've created technology, we've created these systems of thought where we can see just amazing things all the time. But what Jesus is saying is, despite all these things that you can create, no one has the power that I have where I speak and the nature responds. Jesus said it and it, it came to pass. Uh, also in this passage, the mountains, where he talks about the mountains will be thrown into the sea. He's using exaggeration, hyperbole. He's, he's saying that kind of this overstatement of whatever obstacles are there, these mountains are like the obstacles that you face in your life. So even he's using nature again to kind of dig into kind of what we feel within ourselves and how we always hit these walls in the different arenas. In our relationships, there's just conflict, there's misunderstanding, there's problems that we have. These are the mountains that we experience at work, the deadlines that we have, these projects that are new to us that are just difficult for us to accomplish. We have a team that we're working with, and the team doesn't see eye to eye with what I see, and these are the mountains that we face. You know, in your family, the conflict between siblings and the conflict between parents and kids, these are the mountains that we face. What Jesus is saying is the faith that you first believed in, this understanding of you trust him with your future. You trust him with your life. This is the same faith that when you call on me, I will help you with the mountains that you're facing in your life. So he's connecting this idea of belief and following him to the help that you receive when you follow Jesus Christ. And he wraps up this lesson, this teachable moment with the disciples saying that prayer is the way that you express your faith to God. If you want to know really what faith is, you have to know what prayer is. Because our reliance on God comes as we turn to Him and pray to Him. As you're facing the different things that you face, the hardships, the trouble, the difficult circumstances, there's a picture of where we just need His help 
I want to give you a little backstory to my back, the backstory to the back. And uh, I, I went down in a parking lot. This is, it's funny and sad all at the same time. It's a little bit of drama this morning. I was taking the kids to Hometown Buffet. My back was stiff. They've never been to Hometown Buffet. And I painted this picture of this place where it's endless desserts and you can eat as much as you want. And I had them. Like they were, they were going to go wherever I went. And so I'm in Chino Hills and my back had been sore and it had been kind of spasming and tight. And I was thinking, well, I just have to keep moving around. And I was in the parking lot and I'm holding my daughter's hand. Why, I don't know, because she's six and I weigh like 17 times more than her. But I thought, at least I have some support. And so I'm holding her hand, and all of a sudden, my whole body locked up, my back, my hips, my hamstrings, and I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm going down. Like, I'm, I'm going to hit the deck. And there's hometown. And I tried to get to a car to prop myself up, and I just couldn't. And I just went down. And I'm lying just face down on the concrete. And I had just had a shower at home and new clothes. And I was thinking all this stuff, like, oh, man, I showered at least skip that, you know, and, and my wife is with my two sons, and they're, you know, they're on the hometown train, they are getting there, I say, Sam, I'm down, and my daughter, whose hand I let go, thankfully, is standing just looking at me like, <laughs> you're funny, dad, you know, and my wife just calmly sees me, that, you know, on the ground, and she's holding my one son, and has the hand of the other son, and says, what, what would you like me to do? I said, I, I don't know. And then my, my, my son, who was standing there just waiting for endless dessert, said, so are we not going to hometown? <laughs> like, no, 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 really, like, is this part of the process? Like, get your appetite? And as I was lying there on the concrete, it's totally embarrassing. And people are, like, walking by. The other thing is, like, people don't help. They think I'm kind of crazy. And so I started, I said, put the kids in the car and then come back. And I I couldn't move. I couldn't, like, turn. I was between two cars. And I was pinned. And I was completely helpless. And my kids saw me, and I was totally embarrassed. My wife couldn't help me. She's like, what can I do? I was like, well, you're not going to be able to pick me up. So anyway, after 10 minutes, long story short, I was able to get in the van, and I went to the ER, and I got drugged up. I got the mask that hit the pain. And I'm getting better. Still crooked, but I'm getting better. But what I realized is I was lying there. There was nothing I could do. And all I could do was just pray, and I said, God, just, just help me to get up. And I tried to move, and I couldn't get up. All right, God. No, really, like, I need your help. And I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. And right there, that was, it kind of hit me like that. That's the picture of dependence on God. Like I was lying, I couldn't move. There was nothing I could do. And I prayed. And right away, there's still nothing I could do. But the moment I had to shift from just trying to do something myself to bringing God into the equation. And after 10 minutes, I was able to move, get in the van and, and get to the ER. But it was at that moment that that kind of showed me this, this, this lying down, completely helpless. This is what faith is. It's realizing that while you think you can get to the destination that you want to go, 
And you may have the help to do it. Whatever that help is, whether that's your intelligence, whether that's people that you know, whether it's experiences that you have, these things can maybe prop you up for a little while, but there's just a point in which it cannot anymore. And I was lying there completely humiliated. It was like, that's the point in which that's the picture of faith. You realize you can't get to where you want to get doing what you've always done. And the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you choose to depend on him and trust him, he helps you. He provides you with what you need. And prayer is our expression of that faith. I wanted to share a resource with you this morning that's been really helpful to me and helpful to some of you in the church. You'll see it up there on the, the screen. It's called Pray Buzz. And that's developed by Matt Sprankle. Matt, could you stand? Matt has been working on that for uh, two years. And what he has done is tried to create a social uh, site where people can post their prayers, have people pray for them, and they can pray for other people. And it's available on the iPhone. It's available on the Android. You can go to your computer and go to praybuzz.com. You can sign up. But what I've realized is, as we talk about growing and as we talk about faith and prayer and faith and how they're, they're working together, like prayer is really our expression of faith, PrayBuzz has been a, a key tool for me. And I didn't even think about this until this morning, and Matt had no idea, and I called him up and said, hey, I want to share about PrayBuzz. Can I do that? And this is the, 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 the page that you can go to. And so I wanted to encourage you, if you're interested in seeing God work in people's lives, sign up for PrayBuzz.com. Because what it does is it takes people that are faced with tough circumstances or there's some things that are really important to them that they need prayer for, and you see this network of Christ followers that, that pray for them. And you see these answers to prayer and how God comes through. If you want to get to know God better and how faith really works, you see it through prayer. With my back, I posted that my back's hurt, I need help, and and through the course of two weeks, I've seen people again and again, and it appears on my phone that this person's prayed for you. This person's prayed for you. And people come up and ask me, how's your back? And when they look at me and see I'm crooked, like, oh, still needs a little work. But what's happened is it's actually strengthened my faith because it makes me realize that I'm not alone. So prayer first connects us with the God who cares for us. And prayer connects us with others who pray to him on our behalf. And we do the same for others as well. And this is this spiritual network of prayer that is this perfect expression of what faith is. And so I encourage you, if you just want to kind of get a glimpse of what this means and what this looks like, what we're talking about this morning, check out Pray Buzz. It's just a great way and a practical way uh, that, that can help you kind of see this bigger picture of what happens as people follow Christ and as people face these obstacles. Um. One of the things that happens all the time is that it seems like as Jesus talks about faith and this idea of belief, that there's this magic wand. Like this is a magic wand that you're given where you just, I want to see this come to pass, and I know that this is a vital characteristic of following Jesus, but if I say it, it's going to happen. What's well, actually, faith is, is more than that. There's some assumptions that come with faith that I just want to share with you. Uh, it's assumed that even though you have faith and belief, your choices still affect you and those around you. Even if you have faith, you're still accountable for what you do because God doesn't take away our free will. 
God gives us freedom, which is a beautiful thing because he doesn't force us like robots to obey him. But it also means that when we do hard-headed things, we experience that. So faith doesn't circumvent free will, doesn't circumvent our choices. Also, as he was talking to his disciples, they understood this, and so I wanted to explain this as well, that he's not also saying that you're not going to experience any obstacles. The reason faith is so important is, is not that the obstacles disappear. It's that in the middle of them, you have a God to depend on. So it's not just, wow, I'm free. I have no worries. Now, in fact, sometimes the obstacles that you face and the circumstances and the trouble, that's the very thing God uses to grow you and to build your faith, to build your reliance on him. And so those are, those are key assumptions. Faith is, is really also knowing that, that my efforts alone, they, they can't accomplish God's will for my life. I can't do it. I'm going to fall flat on my face without the ability to, to move forward, without the ability to make progress. So faith is tapping into God's power as we look to do His will, as we look to accomplish His purposes. That's where really the, the, the power of faith is unlocked. Not as a magic wand as we try to have kind of this free, peaceful life. It's really like, God, I want to do this your way. And so in marriage, as you face conflict, there's certain strategies that we all have, whether it's ignoring our spouse, getting angry with our spouse, manipulating our spouse. Faith is saying, God, I really want to do right here. Will you help me? And you pray to him, will you help me to treat my husband or my wife the right way? If you're like me, sometimes your kids start doing crazy things and you're just like, what are they thinking? And then like they call you dad and you're like, that's what you're thinking. I'm your dad. And I do that kind of stuff. But I'm a little bit more sophisticated. But when you face your kids and you just, yeah, well, how are they going to get it? Why do they keep doing that same thing? You turn to God and you say, God, just help me to be patient. Help me to be gracious like you are with me. Your faith gets strengthened. The list goes on and on at work. Faith can help you because you cry out to him just to help you with conflict. You want something accomplished that you're working hard on, a project. Faith can help you meet that deadline, depending on him, working hard for him. It doesn't circumvent our effort. It, it really provides this fuel to give us the strength that we need to actually accomplish what we need to accomplish. Faith overcomes the, the obstacles to God's will and God's work in our lives. It helps us overcome. So I just wanted to share a few of those things and just want to walk you through a couple more kind of ideas of, of Jesus' teaching on faith, and then we'll, we'll kind of turn the corner and conclude the message. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about faith, like I've mentioned there's a few things, and you can see that on your outline. There's references there. I'm not going to talk about them, but you could look at those later. But here's some snapshots, really, of, of how Jesus said faith will work in your life. If you choose to follow him, this is, this is what he does. Faith is the way to unlock God's forgiveness. You see that in Mark 2.5. I can't earn God's favor. There's nothing I can do that can earn God's favor. I'm not good enough. I'm not special enough. I'm not smart enough. 
It's only by his grace and the, the understanding and the faith and the belief that he alone can save me. I can't. Uh, faith is the way to overcome fears. Uh, Mark 4.40. The disciples experienced fear a lot, just situations where they weren't sure what's going to happen. You know, they were sleeping on a boat and the storm came and they thought they were going to get destroyed. And again, Jesus talked to nature and be still. And there was no wave on the water. So faith is the way to, to overcome these things that are stressing us out and these fears that we face. Uh, faith is also the way to experience healing. Jesus did that again and again because of some people's belief in him, that he had the power to do it, he actually healed them. You see that Mark 5.34, Mark 10.52. And then faith is also the way to, to gain spiritual victory, Mark 9.24. So you can just look in the book of Mark, Jesus' life, and again and see what faith does, what faith does. It's like all these barriers and obstacles, and faith is this key. It's not a magic key because, again, it doesn't take away all the trouble but it's this key that actually unlocks the way to move forward. So as you face fear, faith is the way that unlocks the door and you can walk through it. You can gain traction against fear. Spiritual victory, there's a sin that you just struggled with for a long time. It's just plagued you again and again. Faith is a way where you can unlock the door. With God's help and his power, you can walk through it. And it won't be a hindrance to your progress. So in each arena that you face these obstacles, faith is the key that opens the gateway to get through it. So we start in faith and we continue in faith. And all this to say, growing faith is the core ingredient of a growing follower. Not just a belief that's abstract, but actually a growing faith. And I want to talk to you in closing of some key ways that your faith can grow. I already talked about prayer. And just by the use of Pray Buzz in my own life, that, that's actually grown my faith. But I want to share some things from a book that Andy Stanley wrote. It's called Deep and Wide, and he's describing the process of uh, how he has designed church and really how he's seen people grow in their life. And he talks about the importance of faith in a chapter in his book. And he gives these five faith catalysts Catalyst is like one of those words that I want to use all the time. Some of the time I forget what it means. Like, wow, that was a real catalyst. Wow, you're catalytic. Nice catalytic converter. I don't even know what that is. It's on a car, right? Thank you. I saw it. Yes. But a catalyst is an agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action. So these things that I'm going to describe actually speed up the work of faith in your life. If you're like me, I, I like stuff that kind of helps me move quicker. And so these are certain things that you could do that, that will help faith develop, mature, grow, and become a catalyst in your, in your own heart. The first thing is practical teaching. So you can check one off. You're here. The practical teaching where you learn how the Bible applies to your life, that actually helps faith grow in your life. Now, that means you, you're not asleep or you're focused or you want to learn. You really want Jesus to teach you. But as you see the Bible apply to real life, your faith has grown. Private disciplines. When you pray, 
When you read the Bible, you get to know God. You get to know how he works, how he operates. That builds your faith because it builds your trust in him. Anytime we build our trust and we trust God more, our faith has grown. He is who he says he is. He does what he says he does. Your faith has grown. You trust him. Your confidence increases in God himself. Uh, Personal ministry, another faith catalyst. When you serve, you're basically saying, I'm going to extend myself for others' benefit. And what that means is you could get ripped off. It means you could experience loss because of you helping someone else. So in church life, we have people that come at 645, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, all through the morning to be here to serve so we can do church. When they see people that can come and they can actually sing because the equipment's set up, or they see kids learning about Jesus because the classroom is designed to help them do that, their faith is grown. Them extending themselves makes a difference in someone else's life. Their faith has grown. When you share Jesus and the difference he makes in your life with others, and when you start explaining what he's done in your own life and how he's answered your prayer and how he's come through, your faith has grown. Because you're like, yes, this is right. I do believe this. Your faith has grown. Providential relationships. It's another faith catalyst. God will place people in your life if you ask him to and if you're available and if you're teachable. He'll place people in your life that will encourage you to keep on seeking. They'll challenge you. They may even correct you. But that grows your faith because you see the God that works in them and has made a difference in them and you see where they are compared to you. They're wiser. They have more success. God's really blessed them. You know that God who's worked in them because they fully trusted in him, you'll know he'll do that to you too. Because they're no different. They've just walked with him longer. God provides relationships like this. A pivotal circumstances. Pivotal is like a great word to kind of mask the fact that it means like pain. But pain is actually pivotal. Trouble can actually be a help to you. When you have your plan of how life should go and it gets blown to smithereens, God can actually use that to grow your faith because you realize like it's not about your planning. It's not about your own idea of how things should go. It's it's actually God intersecting with your life. And there's things that he may want you to do that you never knew you needed to do. That's how God operates. He enters our world and sometimes our world gets a little messed up because of that. This picture changes. And your, your faith has grown. So the things that you're facing right now, the obstacles, the trouble, I want to assure you, it is not easy to be face down on the asphalt, not being able to move. It's actually painful. It's embarrassing. And there's different areas of your life where you're experiencing that right now. And if you've never committed your life to follow Jesus, he wants you to turn to him And for the first time decide that, you know what, I'm trying to go my own way. It's not working. And I know it's not working. And I know you know it's not working. Will you help? That's the first step on the path of faith. And God enters the picture and he calls you forward. And he gives you this different 
experience and a different picture of what your life can count for. Maybe you're facing an obstacle and you've known God and you've walked with him for a long time, but it's just, you've just kind of, you're frustrated. You've not experienced the growth that you did at once, or you're not seeing him come through like you thought he should, or there's something that you expected from him or someone else in your life and they've failed you. I encourage you, maybe it's time to come back. Turn back to the one who you started in faith with and just confess, I I have been independent of you and I need your help. God is good. He comes back to those who seeks him for the first time or again and again. And so if you've started in faith, continue in it. If you never have, turn to him and take that first step of dependence on him. And if you're interested in learning what that means, there's a place on the back of your connection card. Why don't everyone pull out your connection card? If you turn that over, I'm going to talk through some next steps. But there's a place where you can learn what it means uh, to make Jesus Christ the boss of your life. We could walk you through that. If you've never done that, we would love to, to help you in that. And so let me just walk through um, next steps that you can take. We want you to leave here with a plan of action. Uh, the first thing is you can ask God to grow your faith through an obstacle that you're facing. Maybe you actually want it to count. You don't want to keep doing the same thing and getting knocks on your head, but you want the knock to actually help you. Ask God to, to grow your faith through it. Uh, choose a faith catalyst that you need to focus on in the next month. That list I mentioned towards the end, providential relationship or a pivotal circumstance, private discipline. Maybe there's something that you think, that's what I need to focus on and do that. Sign up for a life group if you've not, or you can uh, sign up for Church in the Valley Preview. There's also a box on there. For the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior, and I want to follow Him as Lord. If you're just in an obstacle and you need help and you've never done that, I encourage you to do that. We'd love to, to walk you through what that means. So as the band comes up, I'm going to pray, complete those next steps, and after I'm done praying, we're going to receive our offering, and you can, you can drop that in there. Let's pray. God, thank you that you came to earth, you sent your son Jesus, and you intersected with humanity. And through Jesus, we see your power. We see the difference that you make, even as you speak, things happen. And so over 2,000 years ago, you spoke something, it came to pass, just even in nature. You spoke things to people, and you healed them. You helped people who were in dire straits. And you are the same God now that you were then, and you want to intersect with us here and now. And we can't see you, but we know as we call upon your name, you hear us, and you save us from ourselves and from the path that we're on. And so I ask God in the name of Lord Jesus Christ that you will draw near to us as we seek you. Uh, if there's any apathy or if there's anything just an obstacle in our heart that's just causing us to waver in our faith or just continue in our own way, I pray that you'll help us to see the difference that you make and the hope that you give. And So we, we look to you, God, and we thank you for the God that you are and the power that you display. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.